0: Hello, and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career Changes are not the straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change, we inspire people that are thinking to change career, We support people that want or need to change career but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey and with one third of our lives spent working it would be unimaginable, to not have a desire to explore new avenues. Welcome to the Career Changers podcast. Hello and welcome to the Career Changers. Our guest today is Halison Hall, certified divorce planning professional, life and business coach, public accountant and tax planner. Alison works to help divorcing women, many of whom face economic insecurity as they become single heads of households, reach equitable and informed financial settlements. Over the years, she has become an advocate for financial security through self-employment. By individual training and workshop, she has guided women to overcome obstacles and fear to launch successful businesses and secure their financial futures. Hi Halison, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey thank you for having me.
0: So I'm really interested to hear your story uh, because I've never de- uh, met be anyone before that is a um divorce planning professional. Um but let's start with your background. How did you start your professional life or better what was your first job?
1: Yeah, my first job when I got out of graduate school was you know I got into a A really bad car accident. I had a consulting job lined up, you know, my big alleged dream job, but I had a long recovery time, so I wasn't able to get right into it. So I ended up being a a part time college instructor. So that was my first role. I uh, taught accounting and other business courses, and that's kind of how I got started. And it was, it actually turned out to be a blessing because I learned that I really enjoyed teaching and, you know, sharing information with people. So that was kind of started my. Other journey of of things that I would do for the rest of my career.
0: Hmm. So, um, what was your dream job when you were a child?
1: Oh, my dream job was probably not you know not what people would expect. I really thought it would be fantastic to be a ski instructor for the rest of my life. I I I loved to ski as a kid. I was very outdoorsy and athletic, and uh, but that was not in the cards. My my mom was an attorney. My father was a physician and I was an only child. I still am an only child. Uh, so yeah, they had other plans for me that, that was not in the cards, but that would have been great. I would have loved just having an outdoor life.
0: Oh, so you never had the occasion to explore that interest? No, they let, me,
1: they let me be a ski instructor while I was in high school and college. And then that oh. was the extent of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your educational background?
1: Yeah, I, I have an undergrad in political science and an MBA in finance and marketing and a master's degree in accounting. Uh, so I'm kind of just a lifelong learner type of person. If I find something that interests me, that's why I'm a certified tax planner, yay, and a certified divorce financial analyst. But interestingly, I didn't do any of those pursue any of those things because it was a job requirement. I was just sort of in, I got interested in the subject matter and I just followed along and then a career came along behind it.
0: So how and when did you start thinking about becoming a coach?
1: Yeah, coach came kind of down the road. I think so many of us, particularly women, so many of us are coaches in our lives just naturally. So throughout my career, you know, I was in in the corporate world for 25 plus years. And, you know, you move through the ranks and you naturally become a mentor and a coach and a You know, manager and all those sorts of things. So I just kind of used those skills when I decided to get out of the corporate world. The first role I did was one that was just a passion project. I I started a personal training company. um, And in doing so, I was working with a lot of executive women. My goal was to work with women who were like I had been. You didn't have time to get to the gym. You're just busy, crazy busy, but you want to keep your health up. Uh, So in doing so, I ended up talking with a lot of people who were like me, and I realized that there was an opportunity to help people move, transition from one thing that they were doing to another. It just happened that at the time, a lot of people were getting divorced. People are always getting divorced. And I became interested in the divorce financial analyst kind of role where you you actually help people with the financial end of a divorce. So I got into that. The coaching came later because as I was working with I just selected to work with women because that was the experience that I have. It just made sense for me. And in working with a lot of women, they came to realize in their divorce process that the money situation wasn't going to be as good as it had been when they were married, or they were going to have a lot more responsibility for economics than they had you know, previously when there were two people. And I just started as just a end result, just helping women find financial solutions, for their future. It wasn't part of what my original role was, but that's how I got into coaching, Um, just helping women past the divorce phase, because that's really what it's all about. It's about building your new future. The past is the past. That's gone. We're just wrapping it up and tying a bow on it. But where are you going in the future? So that's how I got into it.
0: So what challenges did you have to overcome uh, um, the transition to a different career? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always, there are always things that are running in our head. We're always telling ourselves something or other. I've always, I always have the fear, well, gosh, maybe I'm not going to be good enough. You know, that sort of perfectionism thing. I don't consider myself to be a perfectionist, but I get wrapped up in, oh my gosh, if it's not perfect, maybe I just shouldn't do it. Or maybe I should just keep working on it until it's perfect. Excuse me. So that's a losing proposition because that means you never really get started. So that was really one of my biggest hang-ups. And that's something that I work with women on now constantly because I've had it and I've experienced it and I continue to experience it. But you just have to learn to overcome it. But that was one of the biggest things.
0: So with the work you do, you support women to find financial independence. How common is for women to not be financially independent and how can you help them?
1: Well, I think, you know... I don't just work with I started in my coaching career working with divorce women, but I now work with women who are going through all kinds of all kinds of transitions. so typically, like for instance, if somebody's coming out of divorce, as I just mentioned, very often the economics are going to change, so there's there's a financial issue afoot immediately there, and that's why they've engaged me in the first place. I often work with women who are tired of their career or maybe they are being pushed out of their career or uh, they've been downsized for one reason or another or people coming out of the whole COVID situation where they're just fed up with what they're doing. But economics are at the center of everything. I mean, unless you're you know, independently wealthy and some people are, most women that I work with, economics come first. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We can't move on to the next levels of, of fulfillment in our worlds if, if the basic needs aren't being met. So it's at the foundation of everything. It's not the most important thing that I think everyone should focus on, but if you don't have it, then it's difficult to move ahead.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's our base at the end. We're talking about money, but in reality, it will make us feel safe and secure in the world. And without that, uh, then it's difficult to progress to other aspects of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we often forget how each of us, uh, with our choices, can have a positive impact in the world. How do you feel your career um has made the world a better place?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, that's a big, big, big question. I think we all want to feel as if we're adding value. And you know, i I, I don't consider myself to be somebody who's a a big, huge, high achieving type. I mean, that's not ever been my goal. I work one-on-one with people. I find I find great joy in helping someone move to the other side, even though there's no great accolade for me. It just, it makes me feel good. Um, I think I've done that a lot throughout my life. I've always worked with kids groups and women's organizations. I run a, several different, you know, free divorce uh, organizations for women who aren't able to pay for services and things. So I feel like just I think all of us can contribute to the world and feel good about where we've where we've landed if you just do small things every day to help people. Sometimes it sounds so trite, but sometimes, and I know you, everyone has felt this way when you're just out in the world and you just smile at someone who it seems a little awkward, like. Why are you smiling? Why not? You know, sometimes that just gives me joy, just joy in the little things I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to get to the point where I'm not always thinking about I'll be happy. When I try to, I've been trying so hard to work on just being happy in the here and now with, we have so many mundane things that we have to do every day. I, for instance, this isn't mundane, but, uh, You know, four or five days a week, my mother has Alzheimer's and she's in a care facility and I go four or five times a week to to go and hang out with the ladies there and, and play bingo. You know, I could think about it like, gosh, there's so many other things I could be doing, honestly, with this two, three hours of my day. But now that I've kind of gotten into it, I just sit with the moment. And these women really appreciate when I just bring them little candies, you know, and it makes you feel good about your life. So I know some people would probably prefer that I say that I've, you know, I've helped thousands of women get from hither to yon. You know, that's just that's not my path. But I think I I have I've helped people along the way and I, I feel good about it.
0: Yeah, I think the, the question sounds big, but it's more like we can have, a, as you say, we can have a contribution at, even to a local level. I mean, maybe helping a few people, one person making a difference, and definitely, you know, like for example, going to the care home as well, that's making mm-hmm. the world a better
1: place. <laughs>
0: um, so, fear, lack of clarity, and confusion um, can make us wonder if there is more to life than what we are living. What can make us understand if we are heading in the right direction based on your experience?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question, too, because that's something we're all grappling with all the time. We get so worried. And I think in the world in which we live, where there's so much external stimuli telling you what direction you should be going in and and kind of making you feel guilty because you haven't done this, that or the other, I think. That It's a lot of external stuff that gets into our heads. And sometimes, you know, I'm a big, I, I'm not a big journaler, but I'm a big advocate of, of writing things down because it just makes it real. And I think sometimes we, we owe it to ourselves, particularly as women who get busy taking care of so many other people, to take the time to make space to just think about where is it, you know, however many years from now, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20, or all of the above, where do I want to be? who do I want to be? What do I want to feel? What do I want to see? You know, places I want to go, all those sorts of things, just to take that time to do that and give yourself that clarity. Then the goals that you set for yourself, you know, that you're hoping that they excite you, that they're internal to you and not external. <clears throat> I think- the confusion comes in when we're letting other people's voices get into our heads. And again, I I have to say, I'm not a huge social media person, so I don't spend a lot of time there. It's just not my choice. I don't have an opinion about it. But I do think sometimes people get wrapped up and concerned about what others are doing. And it takes away, you know, then you, you have more shoulds than you have wants. And I think sometimes... Coming back to center and focusing on you is an okay thing to do and a really valuable thing to do.
0: You're also an advocate of self-employment for women. Why?
1: Yeah, I don't know that it I I have to say it's not for everyone, right? You know, because it, it requires a lot of your, your own person. You are the when you start your own business you wear all of the hats. So there's a lot of responsibility to it, but with the responsibility comes a lot of of benefit. You reap the benefits of everything that you do. And it's really, honestly, in this day and age, excuse me, the only way that you can completely control your financial situation. Uh, The work that you put in, this is work that you get out, essentially. So I'm a big advocate if someone's interested. I'm always willing to help someone, whether they can afford my services or not. I'm always willing to help somebody who has the, the drive to become self-employed because there are ways to do it with, so it doesn't have to be the hardest thing in the world that you've ever done. But yeah, I, I think that if you want to be want to have all of the financial freedom that you can possibly have, that's the way to go.
0: Why are we often scared to ask for guidance, and what difference can make having someone to guide us in the right direction?
1: Yeah, I love that question. I love that question because uh, I think so often people we feel shame, a little bit of shame that I should be able to figure this out, or uh, am I just dumb? I mean, what's wrong with me? Everybody else is, you know, managing to live their lives without somebody else coming and stepping in. But I, th- but I think that in doing so, we also tend to, we're all social, most of us are social creatures. We rely on the, um, you know, the advisement of others constantly, whether you're talking to your friends or whomever, you're always, you know, getting feedback. And I think that sometimes going outside of that, uh, that kind of bubble that you're in is beneficial because you get objective feedback. You get lots of, lots and lots of support and objective feedback. And Objective, positively and negatively. You know, so sometimes your friends are never going to tell you if if your idea maybe isn't the greatest or if you should. I, I don't think that's what a coach does. A coach doesn't tell you when things are right, wrong, or otherwise. But they offer up opportunities for you to think beyond the thinking that you've already had. And sometimes friends and family are are just not. You know, that's not their role. And so it's great to have somebody external to help help walk you along. And there's nothing. There's no shame in in getting assistance. Everybody has a coach. Think about all the most famous people in the world, whether they're entertainers, sports people, uh, people, CEOs. Everybody has a coach of some kind. So there's definitely no shame in it, and it's it's helpful.
0: How important is financial freedom to live a fulfilling life?
1: Oh yeah, I think we kind of taught, we hit on that. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just the foundation, right? It's the bedrock. It's not the goal, though, in my opinion. If I don't, I haven't met anyone yet whose goal was financial oriented, like whose fulfillment goal was financially or financially oriented. It might be that you create a company that is purpose-driven and it helps people do all kinds of things or provides this side or the other, and it happens to give you lots and lots of you know financial freedom and economic support. But that's typically not what drives people to continue to do what they're doing. It's much deeper than that. So, yeah, it's the bedrock because you need that in order to move forward. We have to at least be fed and and sheltered in order to move toward fulfillment. But it's not the end all be all, in my opinion.
0: So what type of advice would you give to someone looking to achieve financial freedom, whether they are a woman that is going through a divorce or there is someone that is changing their career or is someone like building up their career?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, all all different circumstances have their, you know, unique advantages and disadvantages, but... Wherever you are, I think I think the easiest thing is to look at where you are. Is there something about what I have right now? You know, if I'm looking to improve my financial circumstances, is there something that I can do where I am now that will change that? Can I can I alter my job, my job description such that I am adding more value and then and then I'm able to ask for more money? Uh do I need to look at my full you know, array of skills and see what the world out there needs and kind of look at what my values are and my skill sets and my passions. Maybe there's something else out there that I could be doing. And I never advocate for anyone to just, you know, cold turkey. I'm just going to stop doing this and wander off, you know, like the great resignation. I think there are one or two people who might re- be regretting that today. But, uh, you know, you can always do things gradually. You may start a, you may have a hobby or you may start a side gig. Every So many people are doing side gigs. You can do that until it grows to be something, if it does, that makes sense to do externally. Or you may have already determined that I want a whole nother thing, but it it means that I have to get some different education or, you know, some skills. That's great too. I just love it when people expand their horizons. You don't have to, you don't have to move linearly. You don't have to move in a line. This is the job I have now. The next obvious job is this. The world is your oyster. You can do so many things. Just look at the things that you enjoy. Doesn't even have to be based on anything you've ever done before. And you only have the one life. So if not now, when? Honestly, you know, we if we don't jump on things now, when are we ever going to?
0: Yeah, if not now, when? If not who if not you, who? <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess so. That's true. I mean, you're the only one who could do it. <laughs>
0: So before um, we reach the end of this episode with the last question, uh, if anyone would like to reach you, uh, how and where they can find you?
1: Oh, sure. Um, like I said, I'm not really on much social media, but you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, but it, you can always email me. It's just Allison with one L at changeagentcoaching.com. And I, yeah, I'm happy to yeah, talk to I anyone. I think you
0: have a website as well. Yeah. I do,
1: yeah. Changeagentcoaching.com. Yeah. yeah. And if, and if anybody's interested in being an entre- thinking about entrepreneurship or they have a business and they're not quite sure if they're going in the right direction, I have a couple of free reports on my website. Pull those down and hopefully get a little help.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, so now we are going towards the end of this episode. Uh, so the last question that we ask to every guest, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self?
1: I think I would, I would say two things. The first one is don't be scared. Most things end up working out. Okay. And the second would be to take the reins and, you know, it's my life and don't let other people's thoughts and opinions influence me so much.
0: Well, thank you, Alison, for joining us today and sharing your inspirational uh, career change story and wisdom with us.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And the last message for our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in next week for a new inspirational episode of The Career Changes.